You're listening to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast. Podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out adventurous ways to make life a little more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, I am your host, Michael DeRosiers, joined as always by my co-host in a new home. James Barrett in Longmont, Colorado. There we go. It's the first time we've heard that on the show. Well, James, we've got a lot to talk about today. Real time, it's been about a month since we recorded because we got ahead. So we got a lot to catch up on, James. We're also talking about adventures with animals, animal welfare while traveling, and things like that. But before we get into that, James, seems like a stupid question to ask you. Have you done anything new (laughs) or adventurous? Oh, boy. Um, Well moved. Yeah. Oh, man. It's been, you know, for someone, I hate moving. And you think Mm -hmm. I'd stop doing it every year. (laughs) (laughs) But here, here I am again. How's Longmont? It's nice. I mean, we've, we've spent plenty of time here before. I haven't, I've honestly, I have not had any time to explore or do anything really. I've done nothing fun. I mean, look, you moved, to, you moved to a completely different state. I think you can be forgiven for not having adventured. <laughs> I think you've been, a, you've had your hands a bit full. Oh yeah. Just trying to get, <laughs> we finally got unpacked yesterday. I mean, you brought what, two of you and two cats, mm-hmm. right? So that's a lot to, to manage. <laughs> Four souls. Four souls. Yep grateful to my parents who helped us move it's always nice but moving with two cats is not imagine that yeah i'd want (laughs) to not do this every year but here here we go so what are you looking forward to adventure wise in this area what's what's around there i'm around where i am there is um union reservoir which is i believe a natural a glacier interesting carved lake thing it's not the prettiest thing but it's it's nice it's water yeah, yeah. There's a lot of trails and stuff in town. So I got several breweries I want to check out. Very cool. And just being close to the mountains again. I think it's going to be great. I think you're going to like it. Hopefully you get the chance to stay for a while <laughs> this oh, time. Oh, yeah. Well, that or if I do, if I don't, I'll go somewhere else neat. <laughs> yes. Who knows? Yes. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Oh, um, turns out I can't cut my own hair. I've tried. Really? I mess up every time. That's where you were in the hat again. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the hat. I'm, I'm bald again. It was it was doing so good. I was so happy with it. And I was like, I just need to trim a little bit of length off, just all over, just a little bit. And then when I went to do it, I had it set on like a seven guard for clippers. And the the clip that held the guard in place just didn't hold. And it just went straight down to three. And so oh. I was just like, and I was oh, just no. Like, <laughs> Once you do that, it's over. Mm, that's not good. I'm bald again. So wearing a hat for another month. Shoot. What have you been up to? Oh, it's been it's been busy. I um I did have a little adventure. I took a brief vacation to an island, Koh Si Chong, which is pretty close to Bangkok. It's closer than Koh Larn even. It's off the coast of Sriracha, which is like like the sauce. Which we can't get right now. Really? There's Why a can't huge you get Sriracha? Sriracha shortage. You know the traditional the hoi fung foods. The red is rooster. The, is the rooster yeah. sauce. Yeah, they're having a huge supply issue. You can't get any of their stuff right now. Sriracha, sambal, really, chili garlic paste, anything. Can't get anything. And so people have had to go to other brands. Tabasco makes sriracha. Mm -hmm. I have Yellow Bird, which is a Mm -hmm. Texas hot sauce brand, and it's blue agave sriracha. Very nice. But yeah, it's it's a it's a mess right now. We can't get it anyway. Oh man, sorry. Weird. I had not heard about that. That's bizarre. Town actually has nothing to do with the sauce, but. (laughs) because i think it's actually a vietnamese 
like flavor profile. It's not actually a Thai it sauce. Was, so I don't know I, why. I it's, think it was, it's like a Vietnamese sauce made by a Thai woman in the United States. Yeah. Something like that. I believe it's, it's definitely not like a Thai flavor profile, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's named after Sriracha. Oh, well. So um, yeah, no, that's where I was. It's not the most beautiful island, Kosi Chong, but it's nice. It's nice enough to get to. There's one little beach. It's kind of rocky. I'm going to Google it. What's it called? Sichang, S-I-C-H-A-N-G. But uh, there's some interesting stuff to see. There's a big Chinese temple. Um, actually, it was the site of a palace. It was the, the summer palace of King Rama V over 100 years ago. But then when the French were attacking from Indochina, they actually took the palace apart and moved it to Bangkok, took it apart piece by piece. Hmm. And it's now the uh, Teakwood Mansion in Bangkok. So, oh, but really? the uh, foundation of the palace is still there. And there are some, like, um, some buildings that are still there, like some old guest houses where he would entertain visitors and, and things like that. Yeah, there's some temples on the island. We had some seafood uh, just there one night, but it was nice to kind of get away and, uh, you know, be be in the ocean and feel the, <laughs> feel the sea the breeze. Yeah. Hey, it was it was nice. It was nice to get away. I'm looking at pictures. It looks it looks pretty nice. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a nice enough place. It's not uh, it's not like white, beautiful white sand beaches or anything like that, but it's uh, it's an island. No, it's more so... like a rocky coast kind yes, of island. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into our topic. First of all, we do have a few quick announcements. Of course, we do want to uh, shout out our Kofi page where you can make a donation and uh, help support the show. No pressure. You don't have to. There's no extra content. Just if you enjoy the show and if you like it, it does help us out a lot. If you don't want to do that, yeah, maybe share or review the show. Even word of mouth is great and very, very helpful. Of course, you can always email us. You know, we love hearing from you. Listener mail is another great way to help support the show. In fact, we did hear back from Nettie. He does still listen. We did. I am uh, thrilled. So thank you, Nitty. You've been one of our eternally our, grateful. Yeah, longest, longest supporters. Really appreciate you. Well, James, let's get into our conversation today. We are talking about animal welfare, something that I have a lot of experience with, just because I live in Thailand and there are a lot of sort of mm-hmm. animal attractions in Thailand, and it's something that I think happens a lot, probably all around the world, but it's just very visible yes. here. People come to Thailand, for example, and they want to see elephants. And there are some incredibly ethical and great elephant organizations mm-hmm. here, and I'm going to shout those out in a, in a moment. But there's a lot, many, many more that are not ethical, that do not treat the animals well, that abuse them, that um, use these kind of hook things to kind of train them. They call it breaking them, which is awful. Yeah, and, and the tourists have no idea, right? But they are unwittingly engaging in and participating in this sort of uh, – animal cruelty. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We can talk about the good ethical things as well, James. But my first question is, what are some good ethical animal experiences that you have been to on your travels or your adventures? Honestly, not too many. I've been to some animal sanctuaries. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one up here in Colorado. I cannot remember the name at the moment. I'll try and find it. Mm -hmm. And they take animals from places like they have the tigers from the Tiger King Zoo or that person. And and those kind of things. And it's an animal sanctuary. These animals cannot be released back into the wild. And so, in general, I try to avoid animal-based tourism simply because it's so hard to find which ones are good and which ones aren't. Some are very obvious. Some, not so much. We've been to one that was very much not. Yes. And we were like, that was bad. We did not know, right? We had no we idea. We did not know. We went and we're like, hmm. And we won't, won't talk about that. No, <laughs> we're only going to give publicity to the good yes, ones. Yes, <laughs> but places like that where you, as soon as you walk in, you're like, oh, this is bad. And then you have places like the infamous Tiger Temple, 
which for the longest time portrayed them as being good and they were they were doing this ethically and all these other things when in fact they were not right and they got shut down because they turned out they mm-hmm. were drugging the tigers yes so i in rule of thumb i try to avoid yeah animal tourism in the u.s it's not nearly as common um outside of zoos again with zoos in the united states there are good zoos and there are bad zoos yeah you have places like the Fort Worth Zoo, whose main focus is conservation and whose animals, I believe, couldn't survive in the wild. Right. And then you have places like, you know, little podunk concrete zoos. And and it's it's hard because, you know, I love animals and you want to see animals. You know, I would love to hold a baby tiger, but that's not if easy to find ethically. Most places aren't going to be like, yeah, here's a tiger, you know. We'll go into elephants in a second, but no no ethical place is going to let you ride an elephant. Exactly. Period. It's a good rule of thumb. So I I tend to not. Thailand was is really sort of my only mm-hmm. encounter with that kind of animal tourism. In the United States, I just I avoid it just out of caution. If if you can dig in and really find sort of where is the money you're giving them going, where is what's their track record with animals? Long story short, I just try to avoid avoid it when i can you have to do a lot of research not just reading reviews but yeah really really researching and trying to find out Um, i did a lot of research in thailand to try to find some good organizations that were ethical the one that i can say without a doubt is wonderful is the elephant nature park in chiang mai it is a rescue organization they actually rescue animals that had been used in the tourist industry and that had been used in the logging industry but again cannot go out in the wild Maybe they're injured. Maybe they had like back injuries from being forced to like carry people around. Um, there was one out there that had stepped in a landmine and actually wore a prosthetic leg. And they can't live on their own. So this park is a massive land. It's huge. The elephants, of course, you can't ride them and they don't perform. They just live an elephant life, right? They do what they want to do. Uh, you can like feed them, right? but you're not allowed to ride them at all. And if they want to go somewhere, they just go where they want to go, right? They're not like dragged around. They're not chained up. They're pretty much – I don't think free range is the right word for it, but they're just elephants, right? They're allowed to just eat elephants, but because right. of their past, because they've been rescued, they can't survive on their own. It's a great organization. Um, I went there. I've been there a couple of times. One time I just went there just to kind of visit and spend the day with them, but the second time I went there, I actually did an overnight program where we stayed at the little sort of bungalow and that was great because you got to spend a lot of time with them. It's so cool to be able to wake up in the morning and just like hear elephants and you can like walk down to the river and just kind of watch them, you know, playing in the water and bathing themselves and stuff like that. It's great. So um, if you if you do want to see elephants in Thailand, rule of thumb, if you're at just some regular tourist attraction and an elephant happens to be there, I would say do not give me money mm-hmm. to ride it or take a picture with it. If you want to specifically you know elephant nature park i'm sure there are others but elephant nature park is a very good organization that does a lot of work in rehabilitating and rescuing these elephants that have been abused right tiger temple i'm very lucky i never went to the tiger temple never saw it i would have been probably very sad if i had yeah because you know i i know people that have been yeah you know i think part of it was that oh this it's it's, it's a, it was a temple it was a temple run by yeah. buddhist monks yeah And I think the general thought was that this is above board, maybe because they're monks. Right. Turns out not the case at all. It was just a money trap. Um, It was just a tourist trap and people pay a lot of money to hold a drugged up tiger. And it's a shame. It's a shame that, again, I I don't really have anything else to say about it other than it sucks. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I think I think some of the best things that you can do if you want to kind of have adventures with animals are yeah just if is if it's a place that you're able to go where the elephants or the animals in general are able to go where they want then it's great like in um in America there's plenty of places that you can drive through that have like wild bison and they're just there mm. right they're not like pets they're not performing for anyone but you can right, still see them and, and, and see them i mean pretty much any national park is going to have wild animals you just don't mess with mm. them they're free you can see them like that bear i ran into a couple of months back you know, mm-hmm. um, that was not someone's pet. That was not in a cage. It was just a, a wild bear. And I think that's a great way to get. I would. I don't want to say up close and personal because don't get up close to a bear. But uh, mm-hmm. a good way to actually experience animals. Uh, just make sure that they're free, right? Make sure that they're not caged up or anything like that. Right. You know, that's that's a tough one, because I I, I understand the desire to be up close to these animals. Mm-hmm. Any animal. I understand the desire to. You know, again, I would love to hold a tiger. Sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. But I can't think of anything, and I could be wrong. I don't know of any ethical places that do that unless you work for a zoo and like you are. You are the conservation guy. Yeah. You're you're like raising the the tiger. Yeah, it's a little different. (laughs) Yes. But just like me walking off the street, be like, hey, can I pay you $500 to play with tigers? And they're going to be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Or you can just wander into the jungle. Well, and you might find one. Do you remember that time that we were in in the jungle in Kanchanaburi? We had just gotten back from like a it wasn't really a hike, but like a little nature trail. We saw the sign that was like "Beware of tigers." <laughs> oh yeah, we were lost. We were just like in the jungle and just "Beware of tigers" sign. We're like, yeah, no oh, good. <laughs> we weren't far from the visitor center. I don't think there would have no. been a tiger there, but it was still kind of startling to you see don't think it. About that, I'm not used to tigers. <laughs> No, no. Lions. of course, our uh, Carl, who was on an episode of the podcast, he saw a tiger in Thailand. Mm-hmm. He talked about it on the show. That would be a amazing experience to see a wild tiger in the national park. They are rarer and rarer. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure how many, how many tigers are in Thailand. Not many. I don't think. This is about 160. No, this article says 250 to 300. I guess. I mean, okay, how, how do you, how do you count them really? You know, I mean, they're. It's really hard. <laughs> it's an to estimation. Tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess another question that we have to ask is, what do we do about it? You know, in the U.S., it, a lot of the issue is the the exotic pet trade because most states have very lax laws on owning exotic animals. Mm-hmm. It is typically not in most in a lot of states you don't have to have any kind of permit or anything. It's weird. It's really weird. And <laughs> the ones that you do. Typically, they're not that difficult to get. Well, like like Tiger King, for example. All those oh, zoos yeah, are perfectly just, legal. <laughs> yeah, they are. You just have to have a certain a minimum amount of space per animal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is very big either. No, it's not. And so yeah, how do we, as conscious mm-hmm. and ethical travelers, try to discourage these kind of things? Maybe not yeah. the organizations themselves, because any organization like that is probably too big for one person to... Yeah. Stop. And there are for every person that doesn't go, there will always be someone that doesn't care and goes. And you know, this is if 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 anybody listening has been to one of these places and didn't know anything, this is not, not a judgment. No, no, thing. not at all. You know, we have made the same mistake and you go into something thinking it's gonna be one thing and it is not. Right. I think just spreading the word and and telling people about it, you know. When people come, mm-hmm. you know want to come to Thailand and they say, what should I do? I recommend Elephant Nature Park because I know it's good, for example. Donating not just money, but even time volunteering. You can volunteer mm-hmm. at these good organizations. You know, there's plenty of great 
people that you can volunteer with to help. As for not patronizing unethical organizations, I mean, again, yeah, there's not so much you can do besides just don't. <laughs> just don't. I mean, you know, you can't force other people to do or not do something. Right. But I think spreading the word, I think knowledge is really important. Try to tell people like whenever the new teachers would come to Thailand, I would say, I know you want to see elephants. Here are the places that you can go that are good. Uh, here are the places that you shouldn't go to. Yeah, because, you know, for me, I wanted to see elephants. Mm -hmm. I've never seen one in Thailand. I want to see monkeys. I've never seen a monkey, which is apparently really easy to do. I just haven't been to the place that has the monkeys. It's actually weird that you haven't seen one. It's weird <laughs> that I haven't seen a monkey. I've been yeah. in so many places. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were monkeys around where we've been, but I just never saw one. Saw a rat. That's not <laughs> super <thing>. surprising. <laughs> the monkey of the ground. Yeah, there's definitely monkeys where I've been. Oh, for sure. Like uh um, has to be. Oh yeah. Not in Bangkok, but everywhere else we've been to. Wouldn't there be monkeys on like any of the islands? Oh yeah. Oh, for there's sure. They're everywhere. And they're little thieves too. They're mean. No, I'm pretty sure there's I'm pretty sure there's a couple kicking around Bangkok somewhere. Probably are, yeah. They will steal your like glasses and your water bottles and stuff. They're like coyotes, but they have hands. <laughs> they're like coyotes mixed with like raccoons. <laughs> with the brain of a toddler if there's any artist out there will someone please oh, draw gosh. that that's horrifying <laughs> if any artists listening coyote with hands a, please draw a coyote with hands <laughs> stealing michael's drink i guess other things that you can do would be like safaris right as long as they're genuine safaris like photo safaris i'm not i'm not right. all about hunting i'm not into hunting yeah i would say tigers in general are just a no-go riding elephants are a no-go i know this is very thai specific here's what i'm not sure about mm -hmm. swimming with animals like swimming with dolphins i think if it's in like a pool i would say it's probably not good if it's in the ocean i don't know i, I actually don't know james i have no idea what do you think about that that one's hard yeah that one's harder i think because i am generally against keeping animals like dolphins whales yeah those kind of things in captivity in general Right. Um, unless it's rehabilitation oriented, in which case you won't be swimming with them. Mm -hmm. Now, there are places I know, like the Georgia Aquarium is like the largest aquarium in the world. And it's the its main tank is big enough for like whale sharks. That's And you can insane. dive with them. <laughs> and I really want to do it. Now, that's a hard one. Like, yeah. am I a hypocrite because of that? I know people typically don't view aquariums as as much as they do. Like terrestrial things. Well, like fish, I'm not overly bothered about, but mammals, like whales mammals, and dolphins, yeah. that's kind of a different story. I'm I'm against it. Yeah. You know, I've been to SeaWorld as a kid. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, same. When they had Shamu, and I'm I'm against keeping those kind of animals in captivity. Um, I believe SeaWorld no longer does that, and this is not defending SeaWorld, but I believe it's like the ones they they're not getting any more. Okay, right. Something like right, that. Right. I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to defend the sea world. That one's tough. Like when it comes to like fish. I like aquariums. I'm not. I mean, I, do I mean, if the tank is big enough, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's that one's hard. That disagree because, with me. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the Dallas World Aquarium was fantastic, and that's a great aquarium. Great aquarium, big tanks. Because you know, it's it's the same thing, basically. But I mean, I think I would feel the same way if I went somewhere. Like, you know, sometimes you go into like, you go to the grocery, when the grocery stores had the lobsters in the tank, that was always sad. And I'm sure you can go to some podunk zoo somewhere that has a, some Aquarium. fish in a tank. Yeah. And it's bad. I think how, how they're treated is just as important as a terrestrial animal. Maybe it's just easier to treat them well, like, or it's harder to Maybe. be cruel to them. I don't know. I, think I don't there's know. A, there's a question of like intelligence. Yeah. Definitely. It's hard. I mean, I've swam in the ocean with wild fish, and that's great. So have you. 
been yes. snorkeling. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's just you're just no, in the water. I mean, if you're in fun. the ocean, you're gonna have fish. <laughs> this is good fun. I mean, I think things like if you're there to observe and not to interact, mm-hmm. I think that's typically good. You know, if you're on a photo safari, if you're on a whale watching cruise, something like that, I think that's great. I think that I would have no qualms about things like that at all. Right. Where you're where you're interacting with them in their habitat, not Right. They're not performing for you in any way. They're just being they're acting exactly as they do because they are in their natural environment. They're not putting on a show in any way. Yeah, I hmm. think that's sort of where the line is drawn in my mind. Like, at what point is it performative? I'm typically against it. So that's sort of where the line is drawn for me. So I think that's why aquariums and stuff are kind of blurry. Yeah, they're, not, they're, they're just, just chilling. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, they're they're not. And they are in their own environment because they are in like mm-hmm. water. The ethics are interesting, and I, I admit I don't. I'm not an expert on this by any means either. We're just kind of talking today, James. I, I don't really, you know, I'm not. I'm no expert on these things. Right. Yeah. And again, that's another thing to be. We need to say is that. Yeah. We are not experts on animals. No. All I can do is share my own experiences that I've had. Well, Bangkok Aquarium is really good. The Bangkok Aquarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at Siam Paragon. It's in the shopping mall. And we've never been. Kind of a little bit expensive. It's not like expensive, but it's like. You know, it's like 30 bucks to visit. So it's a thousand like bucks. U.S. aquarium. I guess also aquariums have to be really expensive to maintain. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't like, imagine. That's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, other, what are some other animal topics? Animal safety. We talk about that. We harp on that a lot. If you are in like oh, a yeah. national park, I, I we're broken records about it at this point. Don't go to the animals. Don't, Don't interact with them. Mm-hmm. Every year you hear about it. Moose are dangerous. Bison are dangerous. Even cute animals that are herbivores can be dangerous, so just don't mess with them. All right, guys. Well, it is time now for our very favorite segment, Adventures in the News. This time, it is my turn. Today, I'm going to be telling you about... Now, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce it. Torbjorn Torbjorn Peterson. Yes, of Um, course. Torbjorn. His his name has like the O with the the diagonal line going through it. He's Danish. His nickname is Thor, so... We'll call him Thor Peterson. That's a lot easier. After leaving home in Denmark in October 2013, 44-year-old Thor Peterson has finally arrived in the Maldives in May, making him the first person to visit all 195 sovereign states and an additional eight disputed territories without flying. What a life. Yo, I know. He looks like he did. Like, he looks like the person that did. Look at that. Look at that (laughs) beautiful person. He says he's happy that he had a minimal footprint in terms of carbon emission. He said that wasn't necessarily the main goal of it, but um, no, it's great. So he he did not fly. He said he was stuck in Hong Kong during the pandemic, which doesn't sound great. That's a, that's a rough place to be stuck. He was quarantined in Hong Kong, and he found a company that was able to marry him to his wife online so that she was able to come and visit him. So he was actually able to get married online so that his wife could come and stay with him there, which is quite an adventure on its own, but... Uh, he says he his country project became a people project, and he has a blog. So I'll put that all, all the links to all of that on, on the website as well, because I think that's fascinating. Yeah, what an adventure. I just, I don't know. I like showing crazy things that people have done, and I think that is a crazy thing that I think is probably really eye-opening and really fascinating. Now, he's not the first person to go to every country. There's plenty of people that have done that. Uh, well, not plenty, mm-hmm. a handful, but he's the first one that's done it without ever flying. Like, would you give up flying if it meant protecting the planet? I would give up flying if there were just more options. I just generally don't. I would give up flying just because I don't like flying anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sick of it. But yes, I would. I really would. If it, mm-hmm. if it helped the planet, I mean, problem is I have to travel. I'm not going to – I can't take like a steamer boat across the ocean to visit my family. And I'm like, I, I want to see my family, you know? Yeah, six months of travel. You know, that was kind of the same. I was thinking of that. I was like, you know, 
another thing that tells you how big the United States and how lacking our mm. nationwide transportation network is. Right. The only one we got is Amtrak, and Amtrak is woefully lacking. Completely underfunded. and So basically, I was looking it up. Like, if I lived in Texas and wanted to go, say I lived in Dallas, and my family was in San Antonio, you can take an Amtrak. It's one train. Dallas, San Antonio, seven hours. Fine. Three hours longer than driving. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying, but not the end of the world. From Denver to Dallas is 47 hours or a 12-hour drive. That makes no sense. No. At all. It's terrible. At all. Yeah. And I'm just like, because I was like, I could do that. And it costs more than flying. Yes. And that's the absurd part. Tell me why this train ticket costs $300 one way from Denver to Dallas. That makes no sense at all. No, it's ridiculous. It is really absurd. Here in Thailand, I do take the train a lot. And I... Or I take it whenever I have the chance to or whenever I have the opportunity and time to do it. And yeah, it obviously takes longer than flying, but it's definitely cheap. Like to fly to Chiang Mai is probably, oh, I don't know, 50 to 100 bucks. To take a train mm-hmm. is 20, 20, 30, something like that. Yeah, and it's longer, but it's it's not bad. And you get the scenery. You can like stretch your legs and you have a bunk, you know, as long as you're in like at least right. second class. Third class, you get a chair, but second class, you get a you get a bed. And first class, you get a private compartment and it's yeah it's better for the environment as well for sure that was just something that was on here yeah yeah. Um, i mean i would i would if i had the opportunity to there just aren't as many opportunities to do that to to not fly there's there's unfortunately there's just no other option at the moment you know for me yeah you can you can rent a, a bunk on a merchant ship but it takes six months and costs a bunch of money there and there's no like ocean liners anymore People, I think there's one. I think the Queen Mary 2 is the only one. And that's like a really expensive cruise ship. I, I think, think that's so. the Let's only see. remaining ocean liner that actually crosses the ocean. Queen Mary 2, luxury cruise ship. Only remaining ocean. Yep, RMS Queen Mary 2. The only ocean liner still in service is the RMS Queen Mary 2. Let's see. Seven nights, mm-hmm. 1200 bucks. Yeah. Which, I mean, is actually cheaper than I thought. But that's for the, that's for the most basic room you can get. Yeah, but also like flying from New York to London would how much is the ticket way from, cheaper? Yeah, from New York Let's to see. London, seven hundred dollars, six hundred. And remember, this is one way too, one way ticket from New York to London. New York to London flights, four hundred bucks. Okay, not bad, and a lot faster. So, oh, actually, the cheapest two hundred seventy bucks. I'm getting to New York is a little pricey, I guess. But hey, man, you could go to England. You could <laughs> take a weekend trip. I could, I guess. Even in the U.S., where you know my wife hates flying. It's very much an anxiety thing for her, and I I get it. Yeah. Um. So we drive. I just hate airports. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate it all now. It all sucks. It used to be so fun. So we drive everywhere, but even yep. that, after a certain point, isn't feasible anymore. Mm-hmm. From here, if I wanted to go to New York, I can't drive from here to New York for any reasonable vacation. Exactly. Like, let's see, Google Maps. Let's go straight to the Empire State Building. Twenty six hours. It's actually not as bad as I thought. Well, it's not that bad, except for the fact that when you're actually driving, you're actually driving. So you can't just do it for 26 hours. It's not like a 26-hour train ride is not that bad because you can sleep and you can watch a movie and you know read a couple books. Yeah, but... here I'm driving anyway. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. The infrastructure needs a lot of work in the U.S. And this is – we've gotten off topic. But like for example, you can take the train from Singapore to London. You can't do that in America. You can't easily take the train even across the U.S. <laughs> what, what train? What train does that? Oh, it's all sorts of trains. I mean, first you're taking the, the train across Malaysia. I mean, you're changing trains, but then you, you, know, you take Thai rail, then you go up to Laos, and then you, you Laos is a bullet train now that goes to the Chinese border. Then you take the bullet train up to China, 
And I think it's the Trans-Siberian Railroad that actually crosses Russia and China into Europe. And once you're in Europe, you just get on the Eurostar and and you go to London. <laughs> Singapore to London by train. It takes like six weeks or something crazy. You know, also not really feasible. No, but... And that's a lot of visas to deal with. But now that Laos has a bullet train, they've closed the link. Oh, this is cool. This gives you step-by-step instructions on how to do it. So anyway, yes, I would if I could, James. If I had the time and the money to do something like that, I would absolutely love to. But it's not feasible. But good for Thor. Oh, yeah. God of Thunder himself. All right, folks. Well, thank you all again for listening today. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe. Consider giving us a good review on the podcast app of your choice. We'd love a five-star review. It'd be really nice if we could get some. Um, well, we have, we have some. It'd be nice to get more. It's always good to get praise. <laughs> of course, you can find more Attempt Adventure content on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, where we are Attempt Adventure if you want to watch our videos, and Attempt Adventure podcast if you want to just listen to the audio we do not have a Twitter anymore. I'm sorry. We do not have an X anymore. Whatever um, it is. We do have a Threads. I've never used it. I don't really, haven't gotten into it, but I downloaded it. Now we have an excuse to not have a Twitter. I have never seen a product become so poorly managed in my life. So quickly. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We will be back again in a couple of weeks' time. Till then. Keep adventuring. Keep adventuring.